0: Welcome to the Ash Wednesday worship service of Trinity United Methodist Church in Duncanville, Texas. Ash Wednesday is a special service that marks the beginning of the season of Lent, a time of preparation for the resurrection of Jesus Christ on Easter morning. The service includes the imposition of ashes and the message, Dust to Dust. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Our hearts are laid bare before you, Lord. You see us as no one else does. You see past the impostors' masks that we wear. O oh God, we come to worship you, not with empty words and meaningless acts of piety, but with lonely, aching spirits. We long for the days of joy and gladness that we have known with you. Fold back the darkness that surrounds us. Show us your mercy. Cover us with your grace. We return our whole hearts to you this day as we pray humbly together in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. Our Old Testament reading is from the prophet Joel, starting second chapter in the first verse. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near, a day of darkness and gloom a day of clouds and thick darkness. Like blackness spread against the mountains, a great and powerful army comes. Their like has never been from old, nor will we again after them in ages to come. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and merciful slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the aged, gather the children, even infants at the breast, Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her canopy. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep. Let them say, Spare your people, O Lord, and do not make your heritage a mockery, a byword among the nations. Why should it be said among the peoples?
1: Where is their God? And now our gospel reading from Matthew 1, or pardon me, Matthew 6. Verses 1 through 6 and 16 through 21. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So, whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But wherever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. And wherever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. where neither moth nor rust consumes and where the thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the word of God for the people of God. God.
0: You've often heard me talk about how much I loved anything to do with outer space when I was a kid. In fact, I still do. As a child, I followed the Apollo moon missions with fervid interest And I spent hours in the front yard of our house looking through the telescope that I received for Christmas one year. I still have as keen an interest in space and astronomy as I ever had. And one of the things on my bucket list is to finally be able to one day be able to take a trip and ride into space. It may take a while. A trip to the International Space Station costs $10 million dollars. Now, to get a seat on one of those suborbital flights that are now available don't, doesn't cost nearly as much. That's only 250000 to 500000 so I've been saving up my spare change. <laughs> but I think one of the major reasons that I've always been drawn to the heavens is that because whenever I look up at the stars, I get this sense of utter wonderment and utter, utter astonishment. Because for me, contemplating the enormity of creation, it just stirs something that's really deep in my soul. It's as if I'm being reminded that at one and the same time, I'm both part of something that's greater than myself, yet I'm nothing else but then a speck of dust residing in a vast universe. One of the most spiritually intense experiences of my life happened not in a church. It wasn't even any kind of religious setting. It was in a classroom. As a college student, I had to take six hours of science to get my degree. And because I had so loved the stars as a kid, I decided to take Astronomy 101. In the class, we were learning about the life cycle of stars. Because you see, as a new star ignites, the interior of the star becomes a nuclear furnace. And in the intense heat, the elements that made up those very first stars, hydrogen and helium, they were changed into other elements within that nuclear furnace. First lithium, then eventually such things as carbon, oxygen, calcium, and finally iron. Eventually, when the first generation of stars reached the end of their life cycle, many of them went out with a bang in this massive explosion called a supernova. As the star exploded, it would spew out into space all of these new elements that had been created within the belly of that star. Then over the course of time, the remnants of those first stars would then begin to coalesce and eventually come together to form new stars and new planets, including our sun and our solar system. What this means then is that everything that we see on Earth consists of elements that were originally cooked up in the interior of a star. The ground, the trees, the air, everything. And this includes the elements in our own body. Our bodies, the iron and the oxygen in our blood, the carbon that forms our flesh, the calcium that makes up our bones, All parts of our bodies were fashioned from elements that were brought into being in the bellies of stars. We are literally made of stardust. And that day in Astronomy 101 classroom, when I learned that the elements of my very body were created in the stars, I was moved beyond words. In fact, I got so emotional that I started to have tears come down my cheek, and I struggled because I didn't want my other classmates to see just how moved I was by this. But I remember thinking, that's why I've always wanted to go into space so badly. I'm trying to go home. The Bible tells us that God formed us from the dust of the earth and then breathed into us the breath of life. Then after our first human parents committed that first sin, God reminded them of their humble origins by saying, By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. Christian theologian Bruce Eberly writes of a 19th century rabbi, Rabbi Simcha Bunim of Poland. And Rabbi Bunim said, Every person should have two pockets. In one pocket, there should be a note that says, For you, the world was created. In the other pocket, there should be a note that asserts, You are dust and ashes. On Ash Wednesday, we're reminded once again that we are dust, but dust that has been animated by the breath of God. For the next 40 days, we're going to be on a journey to the cross. There, our Savior will suffer and die the humiliating death of a convicted criminal. You see, we may be dust, but evidently we're dust worth dying for. Christ then asks of us two things, to repent and to believe the gospel. Believe the good news that God loves us so much that the Son of God was willing to die for us. Believe that his death gives us victory over sin and oppression and death. Believe that having Christ in our hearts makes a real difference in our lives and believe that Christ then gives us the power and the opportunity to repent, to turn our lives around and live lives that are filled with love and justice and joy and a newfound devotion to God. When I was in high school, my sister gave me a Christmas card that I have since kept and have treasured throughout the years because on the cover it has this poem that really spoke to me. In the clear, crisp darkness of December night, I look up at the sky and I ponder God, creator of an infinity of stars, millions, billions beyond any number, number I might count. Is it not a miracle indeed that God can look through the stars to me? Right now, God is looking through the stars to all of us. And yes, we are dust, but we are everlasting heavenly dust. And we have been redeemed at great cost. So repent and believe the gospel. Dear brothers and sisters, siblings in Christ, the early Christians observed with great devotion the days of our Lord's Passion and Resurrection, and it became the custom of the church that before the Easter celebration, there should be a 40-day season of spiritual preparation. During this season, converts to the faith were prepared for holy baptism. It was also a time when persons who had committed serious sins and had separated themselves from the community of faith were reconciled by penitence and forgiveness and restored to participation in the life of the church. In this way, the whole congregation was reminded of the mercy and forgiveness proclaimed in the gospel of Jesus Christ and the need we all have to renew our faith. I invite you, therefore, in the name of Jesus Christ to observe a holy Lent, by self-examination and repentance, by prayer, fasting, and self-denial, by reading and meditating on God's holy word, by worship and faithful participation in all the means of grace. And this evening, I invite you to begin this time of preparation through the receiving of the ashes of the palm branches as an outward and visible sign of God's inward working in your heart and soul. Almighty God, you have created us out of the dust of the earth. Grant that these ashes may be for us a sign of our mortality and penitence, that we may remember that only by your gracious gift are we given everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior.
1: Amen. And now, with the confidence we have as the children of God, please join me in the prayer our Lord taught us. Our Father
0: Please receive this benediction and join me in this response of benediction. Though we were overwhelmed by sorrow, in in Christ Christ we can rejoice. rejoice. Though we were dead, in Christ Christ we are alive. Though we have nothing, in in Christ Christ we possess everything. In Christ the day of deliverance has dawned. Amen. Amen. We hope this evening's service was a blessing to you. Join us on Sunday mornings here on Facebook Live at 11 a.m. This coming Sunday, we'll continue our sermon series, Questions, the Beginnings of Faith. Join us then for the message, Can I Start Again? You can always access our services through our website, tumcd.org, our Facebook page, and our podcast, Jane's Most Excellent Church Adventure. If you like what you're hearing, you can also support our ministry with your gift, through our website, tumcd.org. God bless you in this week ahead, and we'll see you Sunday at Trinity United Methodist Church.